Welcome back to another episode of Modern Multifamily. I'm your host, Mike Wolber, and this is the second episode of our series focused on the leasing experience. I feel so lucky to have been able to have Ben Wintage on the show. He's a senior property manager in the industry with more than 20 years of very diverse experience. His takes on sales process, hiring, technology, and the attributes that can make someone stand out were all incredibly valuable to hear. I hope you enjoy this one. Let's get into it. Well, Ben, I'm really excited to have you on the podcast today, and it's the first time we're getting a chance to speak. And I'd love yeah. to hear kind of first and foremost a little bit about who you are and, and what you're up to. Well, uh, my name is Ben Wintage, and I am a senior property manager for Carroll Management Group. Uh, they are out of Atlanta, but I am here in Texas, and I have a 608-unit property in the DFW area and a large team of 12. And um, and I've been doing this for uh, 22 years and I love uh, multifamily and property management. And um, here just recently since uh, I think you and I started going back and forth the apartment association of tarrant county i don't where are you even at i didn't even ask you that i'm so sorry uh rent dynamics is headquartered in logan utah and my family okay. and I relocated about a year ago so northern utah okay well um so here uh we've got the apartment association of tarrant county and they just recently had their lone star awards and that's when they um name property manager of the year and maintenance supervisor of the year and hold a, a huge leadership leadership celebration. And I actually won property manager of the year over 250 units. So um, that was quite an honor and quite humbling. But uh, yeah, it was super exciting. Congratulations. I wish I had known that in advance. And clearly I'm not. No worries. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I'm curious, a, a staff of 12 sounds pretty sizable compared to a lot of the property managers and, and kind of community leaders I've talked to. What's the makeup of, of your uh, staff in terms of roles and responsibilities? So I have uh, three leasing consultants. I have a leasing manager and an assistant property manager. And then I've got my groundskeeper, uh, uh, make ready tech, three maintenance techs, maintenance supervisor. Uh, yes. All that, that. that gets us 12. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> that's cool. And you've been in the industry, I think you said for 22 years and yes. you've surely seen trends come and go. You've seen good, you've seen bad, you've probably seen everything, you know, in, in the middle. Yeah. Uh, one of my goals for this maybe first two or three months of the year on the podcast is to talk to experts that are close to the leasing agent or that have been in the leasing agent's shoes before to really, really help kind of instill confidence for them, but also a destination so they can hear what's working for others. And I'd love to start with just a conversation around what you've seen work best as it's related to training up new leasing agents, being successful as one on your own. And ultimately, you know, what are some of the things that, that people out there can be thinking about? And let's maybe just start up front with just what are some of the, the attributes that you see 
make leasing agents successful for lease up properties or the really big stabilized ones out there uh, like you manage today? Yeah. Um, I think it kind of really boils down to um, four things or four B's. Um, Be kind, be humble, be proactive, and be the solution. And and that doesn't just apply to um, the leasing consultants, but really ultimately anyone on the team um, because um, everyone is interacting with the residents, you know, on a daily basis, whether they're outside working, you know, with the maintenance team or it's inside, but um, the leasing consultants, just even being proactive and being the solution. A lot of times leasing consultants get frustrated and um, want to pass uh, you know, conflict onto uh, either the leasing manager or the assistant manager or let it get to the property manager. But if leasing consultants, you know, embrace the being kind and being humble and listening to the customers, I feel like they can then be proactive and find the solution to whatever they're they're looking for and needing. And that helps them be successful and grow as well because then the leasing managers like that person really is on their a game and knows how to take care of people. And, um, it's just kind of a snowball effect. Totally. That makes a ton of sense. I, I've never worked on site, uh, formally. I've always been on the supplier and technology side, but recently I've been spending a lot of time on site with customers and future customers and the empathy I have for how busy the the day in the life can be for anyone on site, let alone a leasing agent. It's pretty remarkable how much, you know, they, they deal with on a day to day basis. And oh, yeah. one of the things I found myself wondering a lot as of, as of late is in my world of like B2B technology, working with businesses like yours, uh, it, one of the most important things is making sure that your customer facing staff are enabled to be successful? Do they have the right technology, the right training, the right access to re- resources, the right bat phones? So they know who to call when something goes goes wrong. Mm-hmm. In, in your world, I don't even know where to start, but what does training look like when you're onboarding <laughs> a new leasing agent, a new leasing manager? Is there a playbook? Is it a combination of all of the things? Like, I'd love just to have some dialogue on the world of training leasing agents. I mean, that has definitely changed over the years as well. Uh, Here just recently with the company that I'm with now and have been with for um, over four and a half years, uh, when I first started with them, it was in-person training and it was like a two-day experience of you know, leasing the Carroll way or, um, you know, more of an onboarding type of class and orientation uh, type of thing. But then over time, then it got to be virtual over Zoom. And then now here recently, they're utilizing a program called Rally. I'm not sure if you've, you're familiar with them or not, but um, it's not like a Grace Hill or anything like that, but Rally will host um, certain uh, like 
class, not classes or courses, but I forget what they call them. But uh, you basically go through and complete each little course and you get points along the way and they make it more of a, a learning game. So you're enticed to get points and this and that along the way. But so it's changed over time, but it's, it's about being interactive and getting um, the leasing consultants to stay engaged because okay. training can, you know, get a little boring sometimes. So it's a matter of keeping it interesting, but I think they've done a good job with the the new platform that they've, they've rolled out as far as it being virtual and still in engaging. In terms of just like the tips and tricks that you see the rockstar leasing agent step into and, and really own, are there any, you know, either landmines that you see people fall into that, that could have been avoided or, best practices that the best ones go out and do. And I'll give you an example. Like I had a really great uh, gal from Fogelman on my podcast a couple of days ago, and she was talking about how important it is for her leasing agents to learn their competitors and to go learn the comps. Mm -hmm. And she gave some really practical examples of what it looks like to go learn comps. And I'm curious in your world and with your experience, what are some of the things that can help set apart a leasing agent in terms of things they can control, go learn, go do in order to deliver the best possible experience to a prospect? I think definitely knowing your product that that you have and knowing uh, your competition, you want to know how to answer people's questions, you know, when you're out on tour, um, how it compares to surrounding communities. But I also do think that a huge thing that sets you apart is your interaction with those prospects and customers and um, establishing trust with them. I feel like once you've established an, a relationship and there's trust there, uh, they tend to remember that when, when they leave. And um, it's just about building that relationship. And sometimes it's really hard to break down those barriers with, with people because especially, you know, over the last 12 months, rents have increased um, dramatically and you get a lot of disgruntled people just kind of off the, you know, from the beginning. And so I think it's just, you know, having that empathy and understanding that, um, you've got to learn their, their needs and, and what they um, are looking for to be able to establish that relationship and, and get through that so that they remember you when they, when they leave. Totally. I think that's great. I mean, I think one of the things that you can control is, is the experience you create for, yes. for someone you interact with. And I think that really understanding that, you know, product can sometimes be apple to apples price can sometimes be, comparable. Uh, but one of the things that you can always control is the experience, the first impression, the aftertaste someone has. And I think that's really, really good advice. Definitely. I, I'm curious. And I mean, for you, especially hearing 22 years, the world must feel so much different now, um, scaling up a community versus to what it, it used to feel like in terms of the world of technology. <laughs> but I'd, I'd love to get your take, especially for like the practical side of, of running a community the world of technology, there are so many choices right now for companies in terms of the technology they can use for the entire experience a prospect has all the way through to hopefully signing that renewal. You've got 
virtual this, virtual that, technology for this, revenue management, it's everywhere. I'm, I'm curious to get your take on technology. What are the technologies that are must-haves? And I'd love to kind of dr- drill into some some things as we as we talk through the category of tech. Yeah, um, I think that uh, a good CRM uh, product and software is needed. Uh, we uh, currently use Knock, and um, kind of our customer journey that uh, revolves around the different technologies and stuff we like to call Ease, E-A-S-E. So it's Explore, which is, you know, the customer utilizing the ILSs and uh, Google reviews and, you know, really searching for what they're looking for, um, then ACT. And um, that's when we're, we're having contact with the customer. And one of our technologies for that is our call center. So uh, when people are calling to schedule a tour, they go through our call center. And so that actually um, takes some workload off of our leasing consultants on site as well. So our leasing consultants are really able to focus on the residents calling throughout the day um, and then following up with prospects and stuff. But the initial calls are coming through the call center. They schedule the the tours and everything for us, but um, then select from there, of course, um, uh, having them um, submit their application and then their experience. And that's, you know, living at an Aryan property and um, rent cafe at that point, allowing them to, you know, pay online and submit work orders and, communication. That's cool. I, I uh, worked for the Geek Squad uh, about 20 years ago. And uh, when I first started in computer sales there, it was CARE, was the sales process. It was contact, ask, recommend, encourage. And mm-hmm. 20 years later, that's basically still how I model a sales process. It's it's superhuman. It's super thoughtful. Yeah. You can categorize it just like you did. And I think acronyms, things that you can brand like you just did with ease, those, those are what leave a lasting impression. Yeah, for sure. Uh, in terms of other technologies, have you guys explored the the virtual touring or some of the amenity technologies out there? Or has there been anything else, even if it's been a test that you found useful or impactful? I know there's also a lot of nice to have right now in the industry, but would love to get your take on um, kind of other core technology for you or for your residents. We do not have any of... Um the amenity technology um, or much else outside of that. And um, uh, I don't know if our um, property or demographic calls for additional technology like that per se. Um, But the majority of our technology is just, you know, in our office and in our company. Got it. In terms of the role that you play personally, your team plays with, I think you called it rally, the Mm -hmm. training tooling, um, or that your technology vendors play, what does it look like to make sure that your new team members learn the technology as succinctly as they can to make sure that they're maximizing, you know, CRM technology and, and other things as well? Is that something led by you and the Carol team, or is that something that you lean on vendor partners to help facilitate? 
It's what we do um, within Carol. We usually have a mentor that is assigned to a new hire um, and a learning coach with Rally so that once they start uh, that program, which is called Ignite, uh, but once they start Ignite, then their learning coach kind of keeps up with their progress and encourages them along the way with, because it is interactive. You're, you know, answering questions and giving feedback. And it's not just, you know, watching a video and taking a test. It's um, very engaging. So our learning coaches um, help with that. And that's in our company as well. That's being like being asked to to be a learning coach is a, is a big thing. So my leasing manager uh, just was recently asked to be a, a uh, learning coach. So he was super excited about that, but um, yeah, it's just, I feel like having that human touch still with a mentor or a learning coach um, bridges the gap between <laughs> taking away the, personal touch of training and having it be through technology, you're still able to bridge that gap with the, you know, another human on the other side. Sure. No, I, I think that makes a ton of sense. I, one of the other questions I have for you, Ben, and, and uh, this is kind of a curveball, I guess, so hopefully it's okay to ask <laughs> is, you know, my, I come from a marketing background in our industry, websites, advertising, really all of the capturing of an audience's attention before they come to the property in that, that act phase. Uh, so I really know the expect uh, category. Well, or ex yeah. so is that, no, is that what Ease. you called it? The explore, the explore. Category. Oh yeah. The explore category. Yes. Um, but, it, but anyways, my question to you is, is um, the role that you play on marketing. And I'm curious if you or your, your community staff play a role in advocating for differences in the marketing strategy as you meet with prospects, engage with your residents and see what messaging and amenities and experiences are truly drawing people in to choose your property to become their home. And in my mind, no one knows it better than you do, but I'm curious how involved you get uh, on the marketing side of the business. I would have to say that my involvement in the marketing um, side of things over the years has uh, gotten less, I would say, um, mainly because the marketing departments have gotten so much better within, you know, the management companies and our marketing department um, has grown and done so much over the last uh, couple of years that it's taken a lot off of our plates. And I just have a, a monthly marketing call with the marketing team to discuss uh, digital um, advertising spending and ILS spending and whatnot. And then our marketing team sends out uh, surveys randomly to our on-site teams uh, including the assistant managers and leasing managers um, to get an idea, to get their feedback. So it's not just my feedback that um, they're getting on a monthly basis. They're also getting feedback through surveys and whatnot on how to better the prospect experience and how to better the resident experience. And like you said, you know, increase renewal retention, things like that. So Luckily, the marketing department handles a lot of that, but we still do have a little bit. 
of involvement. No, I think that, that that makes a ton of sense. And it's cool that there's a rhythm of the business in place. So you can expect a once a month check-in to make sure that you're managing up and providing the feedback and also getting direction. I think that sounds thoughtful, but also repeatable, which sounds good to me. Yeah. Um, one of the last things I'm curious about, just from your perspective, whether it's your current role or past roles, and I'm sure you're a mentor to many people just based on your time in the industry is just on like the fundamentals side of, of being a front office leasing agent, working directly with so many prospective residents. And of course the current, the current residents as well. What are some of the fundamentals of, of being a leasing agent that if you were just to, you know, these numbers are, are figurative, but like if you were just to check the box on these five things, every time you talk to a prospect or every time you show up for work each day, you do a darn good job and you'd be, you know, a 10 percenter or whatever that looks like, but just the <laughs> fundamentals of leasing. Curious what your take is there. Uh, one is having a positive attitude because, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a lot of negativity in the world. There's a lot of negativity that can happen throughout the day. Our, our day is ever changing just because we have a, you know, a set list of things to do today doesn't mean they're all going to happen in that order. Um, you know, it's snowing outside today here in Texas, which never happens. Well, I shouldn't say never happens because it did last year and it was 11 days, but, um, you know, this morning a carport crashed onto some cars and uh, that's like the first neg the first thing that we walk into in the morning and have to deal with. So just having a positive attitude, I think is, um, a must. And then, listening you've got to you know be a good listener and and not um shut people down when they start getting frustrated with you so and that can be a a colleague that could be you know someone from the maintenance team that's getting frustrated with the office team because you know we're getting a call from a resident and you know just the, so just listening and uh, being empathetic and um, really trying to understand that we don't know what everybody is dealing with on a daily basis. Um, and then of course, <clears throat> you've gotta be a salesperson. I mean, put on your A game, your job is to lease an apartment and that is the foundation of our industry is keeping uh, properties occupied and that starts with leasing an apartment. Um, and so for a fifth one, gosh, I would, um, uh, go back to trust, just, um, establishing the trust with your, your peers, with your customers, with your prospects, your residents, um, and just overall being a good person, I guess. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Right. One, one last question is kind of in that same vein on the sales side, like you are mm -hmm. in a sales role. Your job is to hopefully turn a lead into a lease or a move in or a, a customer, you know, and I'm, I'm curious if there are things that you've found from the training and, and time and chair perspective that have been really good pieces of advice that, that impact the success on the sales side. And one thing that comes to mind for me is you're, you're talking to a prospect and you know, they really want to walk in closet. And you've got availability for a unit that doesn't have a walk-in closet, but it's got great, uh, you know, shelves somewhere else or something like that. Are, 
Are there tools or tricks or recommendations on how you handle those kinds of things when it comes to maximizing your potential to still win the sale, especially when you know that your product might not be perfect, but it has a lot of the things that your prospect is looking for? I mean, overcoming objection, that's kind of where it all starts. And then we have to deal with that going all the way up to when, you know, I'm asking for new pool furniture in next year's budget and the owners object it. So, um, you know, overcoming objection starts with, with that, uh, someone not having the largest closet that they're looking for, but if the leasing consultant can confidently, um, overcome that objection and, um, again, you're, you're just selling them on something else and kind of, I don't want to make it sound cliche, but fake it till you make it type of thing. Sometimes you like as a leasing consultant, you fake it till you make it. Then you correct the problem when, you know, when, if, and when something occurs, (laughs) but um, yeah, just being able to overcome objections, you've got to have that strength as a leasing consultant because you don't want, you know, people, taking advantage of you or walking all over you and, um, and stuff, but yeah, just confidence and being able to overcome objections. The last one I'm, I've got for you is just on my side. And this is a really selfish question because I'm a technology supplier in our industry. And a lot of our business revolves around engagement with the executive and corporate teams with ownership groups and, and management companies. Mm-hmm. And I'm always wondering how we can better support you. <laughs> What are the things that technology vendors and suppliers in our industry can do to better support your world, your day-to-day? And that's you literally, Ben, or your on-site team. Uh, Are there trainings or tools or gifts we should be sending your team during the busy times like leasing season? And I mean this with with a ton of sincerity. (laughs) For everyone listening, it's probably about 40% of my audience is on the vendor side. Uh, what what can we do? To well, better, I mean, sure. Just the, the more gifts you want to send us, the, the better. I don't I don't recall any of my teams ever, you know, being upset about receiving gifts. But I don't think gifts are expected per se. They're always welcome, of course. But um, you know, it. I feel like uh, our teams have adequate and sufficient technology that allow them to be successful. Um, It's been a while since I have felt like I didn't have what I needed. So I I don't know if I would be able to answer that question uh, really kind of what you're (laughs) looking for per se, but um, you know, just supporting the teams popping in and saying, hi, you know, we went a long period of time where nobody was walking through the the doors and we used to have our supplier partners come in and say hi or drop by with, you know, a cup of coffee or whatever. And those things do make people's days. And as long as the leasing consultants are aware that you're making an effort to be present, then yes, that, that is definitely um, a good thing. That's good. Um, I'm curious if you have any questions for me on the supplier side, on 
on a totally different end of the spectrum in the industry? Are there any things you're curious about or that I could answer before we wrap up today? Okay. So, um, I guess you could tell me a little bit about yourself real quick. And then for whoever is just now listening out there can, um, you know, hear the same thing, but, um, how long have you been in the industry and, um, what brings you here? <laughs> it's a great question. I think like many people, I fell into it. I, uh, got my career started, uh, working in enterprise technology at Nike's world headquarters up in Portland, Oregon. Uh, and that's where I met my wife and my life forever changed, uh, when I first started there in 2010, because I met April and after about five really great years there, I saw the impact that big technology companies were having on Nike as we implemented, you know, these large scale tools like Informatica and SAP. And I got, I was at the forefront of those implementations. And I ultimately got to a point where I really wanted to go become that technology problem solver for other businesses and started looking for technology companies and randomly fell into a technology shop that was multifamily focused, which was G5. So uh, I, I really helped play a big role of, of scaling and, and growing uh, G5 from 2014 to, to 2020 and had a really, really just remarkable experience there. And uh, about midpoint of 2020 during the pandemic, uh, the founders from Rent Dynamics called me and they said that they were ready to really go scale and grow the business and asked if I'd be up for helping uh, shape go-to-market sales account management and marketing. So uh, after you know a year and a half of the same routine, we decided to go all in, moved our family from Oregon to Utah. Awesome. And uh, we've been here uh, in Northern Utah at Rent Dynamics now for coming up on a year and a half already. And it's been just a, an, an amazing ride. Oh, good. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, well, Ben, I'm, I'm curious if um, someone listening wants to get in touch with you, wants to riff on technology or leasing, or maybe even listen to your podcast, love for you to plug that as well. I'd love <laughs> for you to share just the best way for people to get in touch, but also to pitch yes. uh, your, your side hustle. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and I, if I may use this as part of, uh, one of the first episodes of season two, if, if I am, uh, able to, but, um, yeah, it's spoonful of wine. Um, it's a dose of property management reality and how to sip your way through it. And, um, you can find it on Apple podcasts and, um, Spotify and Google podcasts or wherever you can find podcasts. Um, or you can email me at ben.wintage, which is W-I-E-N-T-G-E at carolmg.com, C-A-R-R-O-L-L-M-G.com. All right, Ben, you were an amazing guest today. Thanks a ton for joining. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me.